It's very interesting to see cybersecurity being tied to a very clear business driver, which up until recently was just not the case. I'm definitely seeing that as being a core need for why security is so important. Megan Fee, and this is GRC and Me, where we interview industry thought leaders in governance, risk, and compliance on hot topics, industry-specific challenges, trends, and more to learn about your methods, solutions, and outlook in the space. Today, our guest is Dominic Vogel. Dominic is a chief security strategist at CyberSE. On today's episode, Dominic will share advice for small to mid-sized businesses on their journey to cybersecurity. We'll discuss global trends and security issues that he sees in Canada. And lastly, we'll talk about how he leverages comedy to bring light to an often dry topic. All right, Dominic, thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of GRC and Me. Thank you for having me, Megan. Great. Well, let's get started. We'd love to learn a little bit more about your background. How did you come to be in the position that you are today? Yeah, I always love sharing my career narrative. Uh, I'm definitely one for oversharing. Oddly enough, I've always wanted to be in cybersecurity, and I've been very fortunate. I've only done that my entire professional career. Uh, I remember entering first year of university, I knew I wanted to do cybersecurity, and I was very fortunate enough to get an entry-level job when I graduated uh, with a global organization as a security admin, just running their McAfee (laughs) endpoint suite. It it was just a fantastic way to start my career, and I like to say that I I serve my uh, corporate time. I served about uh, 10 years in various corporate roles, mainly in the credit union system here in Canada. My last corporate role, I was in charge of a cybersecurity team. And then one day I realized that I no longer enjoyed the corporate world. And I believe it was about four years ago this past summer when I went out on my own and formed CyberSC, which is my consulting company and something which I've just been uh, lovingly growing over the past four years, uh, serving the small and mid-sized businesses. Oh, fantastic. That's a really interesting journey. You could take your experience from you know, the corporate world and, and bring it now to this SMB market. So that's great. So since you help startups and SMBs with their cybersecurity, you probably see organizations wrestle with these challenges at every step of growth and maturity. So in your experience, when is the right time to incorporate cybersecurity into their strategic planning? And how can startups or smaller organizations lay the foundation? Yeah, that's a million dollar question there, Megan. It's uh, that point of, you know, when do you start? And we've worked with organizations and startups as small as three people. I'm a firm believer that it's never too early to start doing cybersecurity right. Even if it's just a matter of using multi-factor authentication for whatever systems a three-person startup is uh, leveraging, that to me is still being able to put out some foundational building blocks. So it's never too early. But when we're talking about that broader strategy in terms of what type of cybersecurity controls, governance or startup you're looking at, I truly believe that the sooner you do that and the earlier you do that, it'll save a ton of money (laughs) and pain down the road. A favorite story of mine is actually one of my earliest clients. They were, when I joined them, I believe they were a 20-person company. Very early on, they realized that they wanted to do security well. And they said, you know what? Tell us what we're not doing and tell us what we need to do. And we're going to be aggressive with that because we know that down the road, we want to make sure that we're in a good space when it comes to cybersecurity. So we went through the CIS top 20 security controls. At the time, that was very malleable for a startup. And, you know, going through the different security journey with them when they became a 50-person company, then a 75-person company, and then one day they were a 200-person company. 
and the security aspects that they tackled was very different. That's why we always say security is a journey. It very much morphs with the organization. And it was fulfilling at, at the end of my uh, time with that organization because they got so large that I said, you need an in-house CISO. And they were shocked by that. They said, we've never had a consultant say, you no longer need us. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in, in understanding that cybersecurity is very much a journey and that regardless of where you are in that journey, you do need to plan for cybersecurity. It's just what it looks like is very different depending where you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for small businesses, when they're on that journey and they're just starting out, how can they remain mindful of budget concerns as they're starting to develop a cybersecurity program, in your opinion? For sure. I'm a firm believer in being able to at least do the basics and do them well and even just choosing a framework. I'm a big fan of using the, the CIS top 20 critical controls. And even for uh, when I start off with a lot of these startups or smaller organizations, rather than even focusing on all 20, let's break that down into the most critical, the top six. And that's covering items like asset management, vulnerability management, controlled uh, administrator privileges, having uh, sufficient logging and monitoring. Those are all foundational building blocks and where a business, an organization is able to do those basics and do them really, really well, that's that strong foundation. And without that, other security technologies like SIM or next generation firewall or what have you, all those tools and platforms to be truly effective, they need a very firmly rooted foundation. And that's where being able to sort of break down those controls into the most critical ones tends to really resonate with small and mid-sized businesses. I'm glad you talked about the CIS controls. I actually just learned about this personally within the last week. I've been familiar with NIST and ISO, but I wasn't really familiar with the CIS control set. And after I dug into this 20 core controls and learned, yeah, how it is a really great entry point to understanding, you know, where do you need to address areas within your business? And then eventually you could map those to NIST or ISO or other requirements that you have. So I'm glad you mentioned that. And yeah, I think that's a great tactical and practical way for folks to begin their journey um, into cybersecurity. So other than scale, how do you think small businesses, when it comes to cybersecurity, how do you think it differs from the corporate or the enterprise needs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely a different beast. I think it's both on the needs where it, it's different, but also with the from the resources or the resource restraints where it's very different as well. With a lot of these small and mid-sized businesses, it varies so much in terms of what type of IT team they have. Some of them will have just one IT guy or girl who handles everything, or there's maybe two or three people. Others, there'll be no internal IT team whatsoever that's fully outsourced relying on an IT managed service provider. So there's a lot of different nuances there in terms of who's ultimately, at least on the IT side, be able to help from that implementation point of view for, for a lot of the security controls. When we're talking about the needs, I definitely see that the needs, especially with the small and mid-sized businesses, being acutely tied to the uh, broader vendor risk management movement we're seeing with larger organizations and more in the enterprise realm. As we're seeing larger organizations and enterprises really clamp down on their supply chain, that's really affecting the small and mid-sized businesses. I'm really seeing that as being one of the main motivators for doing cybersecurity well. We've had, I would, I would say, more than 50% of our clients reach out to us based on the fact that they are struggling with a lot of these vendor questionnaires or vendor risk management that the companies that they're trying to supply their tools, platform, or services to, they're clamping down on them. And they're not sure how to answer those questions, and they don't want to lose out on these contracts. 
So it, it's very interesting to see cybersecurity be tied to a very clear business driver, which up until recently was just not the case. And I'm definitely seeing that as being a core need for why security is so important. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. You mentioned this trend here on the implications on vendors and even folks having to think about the way that they manage vendor management internally. And there's a lot of trends in security and compliance that are global in nature, simply because business, as we know, has very few borders. But that being said, would you be able to share a little bit about security issues that you see in Canada and how they differ from anywhere else in the world? I would say a lot of the, uh, at least from the user perspective, in terms of phishing, business email compromise, there's been a huge uptick in that type of activity in Canada. The, the Canadian businesses, they definitely were not in the crosshairs in prior years. But I would say within the past the couple of years, stuff like ransomware, business email compromise, these are all things which were relatively low from the Canadian perspective, but there's been a huge uptick. And I think one stat I read recently that Canada's uh, in, in the top three in terms of countries that get hit by those types of attacks. So it's interesting to see that threat profile change so quickly. I would say the other core difference in terms of the underlying cyber risk is that there's a different privacy landscape in Canada compared to the U.S. I'd say the Canadian privacy landscape is rapidly changing, and it's certainly closer to the GDPR in, in the EU. And also that we're seeing that in the States as well with California. The privacy landscape has been rapidly changing, and that's very much affecting how cybersecurity is approached with Canadian businesses. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, you're kind of a self-appointed chief security strategist, which I love. So what would you say are things that are top of mind for you as a chief security strategist? What keeps you up at night? <laughs> a lot of what keeps me up is worrying about my clients and our clients in terms of being able to really understand that the fact that more so than at any point in, in my career, the threat landscape is just changing just so rapidly and trying to keep up with the threats, with the risks. What are the right technologies? Are we using the right tools or platforms? It's a very, very confusing time at this point in history for even for the most seasoned cybersecurity professional. It's very much that unknown piece that keeps me up, just trying to figure out, are we doing enough? It's a question which is becoming increasingly more difficult for me to answer. For me, one of the, the saving graces, I truly believe, is the advancement in a lot of these frameworks. I know I mentioned CIS. Another big one, which I'm very eager to learn more about, is FAIR framework, which really focuses on being able to quantify cybersecurity risk and really attach key business metrics to why cybersecurity investment is warranted. Being able to have those types of more business level discussions rather than focusing around sort of qualitative risks or qualitative metrics, that adds a lot of comfort to the levels of discussions that we're having with our clients. So that's part of what's helping me sleep a bit better at night as well. <laughs> Good. That's good. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I know, Dominic, in our conversations before, you've talked about this term, sustainable security. So can you talk a little bit about what that means and how can companies attain that? That's a term, and I can't take full credit for it. I did see it somewhere about three years ago, but I don't remember where I saw it. So I'll take partial credit, I suppose, for it. But we're very much at this point in history and with the whole no notion of any endeavor needs to be sustainable. To me, doing security from a sustainable point of view is trying to develop the right people, the right processes and technologies, very much acting in a very strong symbiotic fashion, which would allow for a greater cyber resilience against whatever the threat landscape might be. To me, unsustainable security is trying to solve the security problem or paradox, I suppose, by just trying to put in random technologies without any rhyme or reason and just trying to fight the problem with various technologies. 
that's not sustainable. That might help you in the long run, but without a very cohesive governance and risk-based approach to how you tackle cybersecurity, and like I said, laying out that from a people, process, and technologies point of view, that is the way to do things from a sustained fashion, not just choosing technologies haphazardly. And unfortunately, we see a lot of security professionals do that. So that to me is the difference between sustainable versus unsustainable security. All right, Dominic. Well, thank you for that guidance. And lastly, as you heard in my introduction of you today, we learned that you're also a comedian. So tell us more about that. How did you get into comedy? And do you ever use your comedy in the business cybersecurity world? Yeah, comedy is something which is which is core to my personality. And ever since I was a little kid, that's all I, w- I ever wanted to be. Jay Leno, Dave Letterman, those were my heroes. And I like to brand myself as being a you know, cyber comedian just because it, it helps with a, from a dialogue perspective with non-technical people. Cybersecurity is a very dry subject, even on a good day. I'm someone who's been doing this my entire career, and I still have a tough time reading my way through various white papers and listening to people giving the same old boring advice. I very much try to inject the comedy and flair in my talks when I'm giving presentations, when I'm meeting potential clients, when I'm dealing with my existing clients. That's how you end up with really engaging dialogue. I'm a firm believer in comedy and its power to lead uh, systemic uh, change. And in a field like cybersecurity, where sometimes you need to make advances and leaps and bounds, you need a very core and important fuel to, to make that happen. And to me, comedy is that fuel to make an incredible change happen. Awesome. I love that, Dominic. Well, thank you for sharing more about your advice, how you work with customers today, and then your personal experience of leveraging comedy in the cybersecurity space. Megan, thank you again so much. This was an absolute blast. Awesome. All right. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on another show. Until next time, this is Megan Fee with GRC and Me.